everyone, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Safia Kazi, and I'm the Privacy Professional Practices Principal here at ISACA. And joining me today to talk about his recently released article, Why and How to Dispose of Digital Data, is Information Security and Data Privacy Consultant for System Solutions, Basil Kabloui. Basil, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sophia, for having me. So just to get us started, I know so many organizations tend to really focus on getting consent and how they're processing data. Um, but why is it important for organizations to think more about data disposal? Um, actually, data disposal is a part of uh, the data life cycle. So GDPR and other regulation changed the landscape of the data privacy in general. As you know, GDPR used as a blueprint for uh, countries to develop their own privacy law. Countries around the world, such as Argentina, Brazil, Japan, India, and Saudi Arabia, which recently released their own uh, personal data privacy law, PDPL, to regulate the process of personal data in Saudi Arabia. From business uh, standpoint, GDPR is about compliance, but it has also forces businesses to protect their data during collection, processing, access, usage, and finally disposal. So regulations force it, uh, businesses to use a proper disposal method to ensure that data has been uh, removed for good. And thanks for GDPR and other regulations that uh, working very hard to protect our uh, data and other data subjects, personal information identifiable. So your article talks about five main methods of data disposal. Can you tell us a little bit about those methods and which ones tend to be most commonly used? Mm -hmm. uh, actually, the methods I wrote about, they, they were data anonymization, uh, data deletion, crypto shredding, degassing, and distraction. If we want to talk about uh, anonymization, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a method using uh, different techniques to de-identify the original data, such as pseudonymization, masking, generalization, and perturbation. Uh, data masking is usually used in the payment industry to to protect the cardholder information during transactions. If you notice when you use your credit card to in the e-commerce website for buying something, you got your uh, credit card number masked. Mask. What I mean by mask, it's not uh, appear in the full 16 digits. You got only the first four and the last six. In the middle, you notice like some symbols. Usually it starts. So this uh, method called masking. So nobody can... Uh, read or sniff the data to take your credit card ID. Another uh, technique is perturbation, which is modify the original subset of data slightly by adding ground numbers and random noise. For example, if I wanna protect uh, some data subject information such as uh, address, we can multiply uh, the house number by 15. So nobody other us will know about it. It can use in some area and cannot be used in other areas, such as ages. So it's hard to multiply the ages in high number to make it uh, different or uh, not identified. Another method, which is uh, crypto shredding, which is a very interesting method. It's, uh, it's about de deleting the decryption keys of the encrypted data. So the encrypted data will be useless and uh, nobody can see what the data itself because the keys that used to uh, encrypt, to decrypt this data have been deleted. But what if the data wasn't uh, 
encrypted in the first place. So which uh, leads us that, to the point that you cannot use every method. Each method has a different use case and business needs. So another uh, method we talk about, uh, like uh, degassing, it's when you expose the hard drive to a powerful magnetic stream that will delete all the data on that uh, drive or tape. It's useful in some cases and not useful in others, which lead me to two major questions. If I use degassing on my hard drive or a tape, can I use it again? And the answer is no, you cannot use it again because with a hard drive exposed to a powerful magnetic, it erases all the data and erases uh, startup files of the data, which make the hard drive or the tape usable. Another question, can I use degassing on SSD? No, why? Because SSD doesn't use magnetic to store the data inside it. So to answer the next part of your question, which is the most commonly used method by the company, uh, I will answer based on the cases I witnessed it on. Uh, actually, I've seen many companies use data deletion, but unfortunately they are using it in the wrong way. They only delete the data instead of erasing the data. Usually company tend to format the drives. What uh, actually format does to the drive it doesn't delete the data. It sends uh, a message to the operating system to mark a certain area of that file, to mark uh, the area of a certain file as a deleted, so override can occur. So in this case, any recovery software can recover the data. So companies have to use uh, a proper wiping uh, softwares to delete the data permanently. And with degaussing specifically, you mentioned that you wouldn't be able to use that hard drive again. Can you give us some examples of scenarios in which degaussing may be the best method of data disposal? Uh, it will be the best method when uh, we use hard drive and tape for archive. We have to consider that this uh, drive or uh, storage media will not be usable again. Especially organizations do it for archiving data. You know, archiving data using tapes. So tapes uh, long for uh, a long time. Stay for a long time. After uh, the retention period end, they have to degassing. And after that, they distract it physically. Okay, perfect. And then can you talk a little bit about retention policies? What would an effective data retention policy look like? And what are some of the things that it should factor in? Uh, just I have uh, one point. We are talking about the destruction, uh, the disposal method. Uh, you will be surprised if you if you know that uh, drilling holes to the SSD it's not enough. Some company in the old uh, used to drilling holes to the hard drive by a, a physical machine to make holes to the hard drive and to destroy it physically. Uh, this case uh, doesn't work for the SSD. Why? Because inside the, cha the chassis of the SSD, there is a multiple chips where data stored. So you may affect on the chip, but the another chips that has some data will be not affected. So the best method to dispose the SSD drives is to shred it to small pieces. And so then 
Before organizations are going forward with data deletion or data disposal, what are some of the risk factors that they should think about before they permanently erase these data? The major risk is having no uh, retention policy or, or procedure. It's uh, really important and some big organization doesn't have such policies and procedures and some have policies and procedures, but only on paper like for the sake of compliance. The another risk, as we told early, earlier, that each uh, industry is a unique, each industry has its own regulation and use cases. So using uh, an appropriate disposal method will be a risk area for uh, some organizations. If they didn't use the, the appropriate disposal method based on their data classification and the type of data they are using, the type of... Uh, media type they are using. Yeah, and I know one huge focus for so many organizations is on trust and gaining customers' trust. So what's the role of effective data disposal when it comes to gaining trust from customers or other stakeholders? The best way to answer uh, this question is based on the data privacy principles. One of the data privacy principles is feasibility and transparency. So organization must be transparent with their customers on how they are collecting the customer data and how they are using and storing their data and how to delete it. The customer uh, must know or in other form the data subject, which the owner of the data. Uh, organization must uh, inform the customer that, for example, we will keep your data in our archive for five years. After five years, we will dispose it. This point arises uh, many arguments. For example, uh, let's have a, a scenario. Bank customer decided to close his bank account. So he, he went to the bank and asked to close his account. Based on his right, he has the right of data deletion. But he cannot delete all, all of his data, such as uh, video recording, plus the transaction data related to his bank account because some regulations will force the payment uh, industry and banks to keep a record for at least five years for all transactions. So some companies face this problem dealing in uh, customer requests regarding uh, when they ask for the right in deleting their own data. So the transparency is the best way to move forward and gain customers' trust. Absolutely. And so how exactly do you see the way that companies' data disposal changing in the next few years? Do you think there's going to be any significant changes in the way organizations treat data disposal, or is it going to become more or less important? What are your thoughts? When I want to talk about the, the disposal, I had to talk about uh, the data privacy in general, because data disposal is a part of the data privacy life cycle. Uh, I think the organization will be more interested in the future and the data privacy in general. And we will see maybe after in the upcoming years, the role of the CPO, Chief Privacy Officer, will be high demand in the future. Like if you remember 10 years ago, there wasn't uh, the role of CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, was, wasn't that popular. It was related to CIO and CTO for the security. If I want to talk about the famous triangle of the security, which is a CIA triangle, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. It's a free part. 
two parts from them related to security and one part related to the, let's say, availability of the infrastructure. The responsibility of the CIO is to keep the system available and get high SLA, while the responsibilities of the CISO is to keep the data confidentiality and integrity to ensure nobody access the data without authorization and the data stay as it without uh, unauthorized change on it. I believe in the future we will have the both CPO and CIO reporting to CISO. This is my way of seeing things. I believe that, that some organization deal with that with the data privacy with its customer. They, they forget about their employees. Uh, let's take an example. Employee resigned from the company. So the company keep his data or her data. So must be in the regulation, the retention period. When we talk about the retention policy, the most important the retention period for how long the data should be there. If I have an employee who resigned, why I keep his data with me and uh, expose it to a breach? Some NGO also with developing programs, like uh, they want to educate 120 women within a year. Okay, they did train 120 women in the year and have statistics. For example, 40% of those women have been uh, got a job. After year on and two year, what the purpose of getting this data? The main purpose of collecting the data is to use it for a, for a project. Okay, the project in. Then why I, I keep the data with me? Why do I put additional effort and resources to save and protect data I shouldn't have to care about because it, it finished? And here I would like to rise as something, the difference between the data security and data privacy. Data security is about protecting the critical assets, while uh, data privacy, it's care about protecting the, the, the data subject information. So I, I hope uh, in the future to see organizations have better uh, influence on the data privacy and have the regulation to be more restricted. I will quote uh, uh, some point from BCI DSS. It's requirement 3.1 in this IDSS, which states that organizations should keep cardholder data storage to a minimum by following data retention and disposal policies, procedures, and process. So the standard telling me to follow my policy and follow my procedures, it will be better for regulation and standards to put a specific retention period for each data classification based for uh, different data type. Yeah, and you talked about, you know, if we're done using the data, why are we holding on to it? But I think some organizations think we've collected this data, we have to use it, we'll maybe use it in the future, but we don't know exactly what for. So how can those of us working in privacy or working closely with data emphasize to other parts of the organization that if we don't have a business purpose for data, we shouldn't keep it? What are some strategies to communicate that importance to those who may feel like we need to hold on to data forever? I always advise my customers to remove the data and keep statistics of the data. And let's talk about uh, a scenario for, for NGO. You know NG, NGO get funds from sponsors. So the sponsor want to make sure that this organization performs the job as required. Okay. 
In this case, the NGO can uh, ask the data subject and get their consents that we may share your personal data to our sponsor to make sure that we provide you the required training, the required funding, etc., etc. After that, we only keep the statistics. Statistics is good to uh, show to other sponsor how we work, how uh, we achieve our program, and how we protect our uh, customer data. Taking an example for uh, NGO, I want to take a sponsor from you. I will show you a statistics of my previous project. I will not show you the data. So you will get confidence in me that I protect the data of the people I help. Great. Thank you so much. Well, that is all we have time for in this episode of the podcast. But if you're interested in learning more on this topic, be sure to look at the episode description box where we have a link to the article. I'm Safia Kazi, and thank you for tuning in.